really has you think about whether or not you have three critical components within yourself and within each of your team member and team members. And are they hungry? Um, are they humble? And are they smart? So the humble and the hungry part are, you know, are easy to kind of kind of qualify, right? The smart part, um, you would generally think it's about intelligence, or what, but no, it's, a, it's about being smart around people. here with another episode and I'm doing this one not around entrepreneurship because I think it's really important for people to understand that not everybody uh, wants to be an entrepreneur not everybody has to be an entrepreneur and there are people that are out there getting it and living their best life within uh, a corporation as a matter of fact I think I think more people ought to think it through if they want to be the entrepreneur or if they want to be uh, the person in the business like I give you an example I think Reed Hastings, the CEO of Netflix, is amazing, but the, the guy who, who runs the, and I'm slipping his name, but the guy who, who is like head of um, production for, for the movie making, like he's the real MVP, um, and, and Netflix would not be Netflix without um, the entrepreneur and the top executives uh, running the business. And so today I have a uh, a superstar executive out of DFW, Jesse Jackson, here today, and um, we're going to talk about operating within a business and how to be successful doing that. So, thanks for coming on, Jesse. Oh, thank you for having me, Philip. I, I appreciate the opportunity. Hey, so so where I, where I want to start is how did you get your start in just business in general? When did you decide you wanted to uh, be a businessman, and 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 how did you you know where where did you start working? What's What's interesting is. Um, I've always had the desire to be a, a, a corporate executive. Um, even, you know, competing in sports my entire life, you know, uh, I'm not going to suggest that I could have played D1 basketball, but there's a possibility, you know, I could have, I could have done some things there and, and, and potentially had a, you know, a good college career on the court. But for some odd reason, I always gravitated to, uh, the opportunity to think strategically, to build teams, to, to you know get a little more granular and and execute on strategy, and so I took a lot of those intangibles that I learned from being an athlete and kind of applied them to my career. So when I was 15 years old, um, I I took a job and I worked for a gentleman uh, picking up cigarette butts in the in the in the parking lot of his hotel. And I remember it was one hot day in North Louisiana, and I'd been picking up cigarette butts all day. And I told him, I said, you know, next summer I'm gonna I'm gonna get me a job at a bank, and I'm gonna wear a shirt and tie to work every day for the rest of my life. And um, and so the so the next summer I was very fortunate to get my first job at a financial institution. And so, you know, um, that being said, I always thought that I would would likely kind of transition into a uh, a, a corporate executive role at Nike, <laughs> you know, um, from because of my love for sports. 
Um, but, you know, but fortunately, I've been able to build a fantastic career in the financial services industry. Uh, it's an industry that I believe in. It's an in- industry that has afforded me opportunities to, to travel the world uh, and, and, you know, and ultimately provide for my family. Um, it's an industry that helps drive, you know, the right type of capitalism, in my opinion, create jobs, create home ownership. It, it allows it allows us to 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 really be pioneers around the American dream for all communities, and so it's it's been a, it's been a great move for me. Got it. And so b- b- before before we got on, we 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 were chatting a little bit about um, the importance of learning how to build relationships with people, right? We're, and we'll get into some some specific ideas in that. But where where did you learn to interact with people, right? Because a big part of what you do is you have to convince uh, clients, employees, different people on uh, your idea, your direction, where you're going. So where did you learn it? And, and what are some of those um, things that you've learned to be successful? Interestingly enough, um, I've, been, I've been selling the bank for a long time, right? So w- when I first got exposure to actually selling and building relationships, was honestly when I was about 17 years old. Again, I was working for a small community bank in my hometown while I was in college, and I worked in a in a grocery store uh, branch, right? And so, um, so I got very comfortable going out into the aisles of the grocery store and looking for for little old ladies with nice purses that were shopping and reading labels and were taking their time, you know, making buying decisions. And, and so I use it as an opportunity to, to approach them, introduce myself and inquire about, you know, um, who they were banking with, um, what they enjoyed about their bank, what they didn't enjoy about their bank. And, and it gave me an opportunity to talk about myself and why I was so passionate about the industry and then talk about our company and how we were, we were, we were different and how we could add value. And so, you know, so at, at a very early age, I started really kind of cultivating and, and, and fine tuning my, my, my skill set around, um, you know, cultivating good, healthy relationships, um, you know, uh, uh, walking into a room full of strangers and leaving that room with a few friends. And sometimes you've got to have the, the, the bandwidth to talk about a number of things. You know, I may be talking with a, a, a potential client for an hour about SEC football and duck hunting and, you know, skiing the backside of the mountain at Durango and never talk about business at all, but ultimately end up winning the business. Um, so, so what I, what I always challenge my mentees and, and even my kids to do is to, to really think laterally about the, the many things, the many possibilities of things that they can get involved in. And even if, even if they have to get outside of their comfort zone a little bit to do it, because you never know how that experience may ultimately kind of, kind of harness an interaction with, with somebody out there that, that, you know, that you may want to ultimately uh, try to figure out a way to connect with. So, so, so always be mindful of trying new things, building relationships, cultivating those things in the right ways and stretching yourself. Yeah, no, I think that's big, man, because ultimately people like to do business with people that are like uh, them, right? And it's not always, it's almost never 
um, you know, a, a race thing. There's there's very few people who won't do business because of race and they and they lose out. But it's more, hey, people want to do business. People, hey, you know, I like Rockets fans, right? If you're a Rockets fan, you're gonna move up in the priority on my list of people I want to do business with. And that's it may sound weird, but it is what it is. Um, no, no, I mean you're right. I mean, again, finding finding some kind of way to connect that you know um, that may ultimately help you win the deal, right? Um, but it, it may be something that's so far, uh, removed from really why you, why you schedule the meeting, you know, to begin with. Um, so, so I've, I've just, I've, I've become very crafty around figuring out ways to try to connect, you know, just about, about having active listening skills about what they enjoy, what they experience, what they, what their most recent family trip was, pictures in their office that, that may uh, allow me to kind of identify very quickly that, you know, that they're an alum of some, you know, some university or that they may have, um, you know, uh, something that indicates that they are a Rockets fan, for example. I mean, you just you, you always have to be intuitive around, you know, the things that could potentially connect you to them and ultimately help you help you cultivate the relationship and win the business. So, so, so at a very at a very young age, you uh, I mean, because you're still relatively young, but when I you know when I met you, you were even younger, and and you you had a pretty important role, um, you know, where you were, where you're dealing with like lots and lots of money with super important people all over the country, I believe. So how'd you move up so fast and rank, um, you know, what you're doing? You know, it's, it's, uh, you know, I've just been, I've been very, very blessed, very fortunate, um, to have been afforded the, op the opportunities that I've, that, that, that I've been given. Um, I've really always tried to, to make sure that I've, done the things in preparation for when these types of opportunities come my way. So when we met, you know, I was, I was kind of running, um, uh, institutional investment banking practice for my company where we, had, you know, we, we, we had a historic run for, for a number of years and, you know, we grew the business very rapidly to a, to a national business. And we were, we were managing billions for companies all over the country. And, um, and so, so with that type of success, you know, it afforded me an opportunity to to step into the the, the executive ranks of my organization. So today, I'm I'm, I'm the executive vice president um, and head of our of our commercial banking practice, which is is an even larger role because you know because now I'm I'm actually having to versus build only build a business. I'm having to actually manage teams again and so um and so that so that that's key to, to my development to ultimately be sitting in the in the ceo role one day but um but i've just been i've just i've been very fortunate to have people again invest in me but me think out on the curve a little bit um and always always think where do i want to be two years from now because the last thing that I want to do is get down the road two years and look back and say damn i wish i had started doing that two years ago or damn, I wish I'd started preparing for that two years ago. So I'm always living two years into the future. And generally when you do that, you know, you're always prepared for when that next hot opportunity comes. And I may not have, um, I may not have experience in that field. I may have to have to flatten the learning curve, but I can guarantee you, I'm always going to have the drive and the desire to, to learn and develop and, and, and to execute on whatever strategy we have to deploy. Okay. No, that's, that's real.
I like that. Think two years in advance and figure out how to position yourself to be there. What, what, um, what's the biggest challenge of operating within a big company? You know, the, the political uh, environment is probably the, the most challenging. Um, and, uh, you know, just, just understanding, you know, how to get, how to get things done ultimately inside of an organization. Um, you know, um, dealing with a number of, of different personalities, right? Um, one of the, one of the developmental areas for me has always been, you know, to really kind of embrace those inside the organization that really don't have 100% focused on the, the ultimate goal of the firm, and that is shareholder value. And sometimes you'll, you'll find yourself, you know, trying to navigate those types of things inside of these larger organizations because, you know, oftentimes a lot of people have their, their own agendas um, that don't that don't line up with what you're trying to accomplish as a team. And so um, so that's one of the biggest obstacles that, I, that I've experienced. Um, one, one of the newer obstacles that, that, that's really been key to my development over the last year is just um, really becoming more relational with my team members. You know, when you're when you're kind of operating in silos and 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 you're, you're focused 100 percent on on building a business and growth, it's easy to just get focused in on yourself, your 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 balance sheet and your P and L and uh, your clients. Well, when you're in this role and you've got to you've got to spend time actually building relationships with individuals inside the organization, you've got to understand what motivates them. You've got to understand, um, you know, and I use the term love language, but you, you've got to really understand, you know, their love language, and you've got to work every single day and be intentional around connecting with them at that level. That has been a huge developmental area for me, area for me and, and, and is now one of the things that I would suggest is one of the more difficult things to do inside of a large organization. You know what, and I and I even think that's 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 applicable to me too because uh, you know I've you know I'm like you I've been a salesman you know my my whole life and I can sell and I can build relationships one on one but um, yeah I, I I so can and then you talk about put positioning yourself where you want to be two years from now I need to probably start developing some of those skills of being able to work through people what what, what have you read or or learned so far to help um, build those skills. I yeah, that. interestingly enough, so I've, I've got a meeting tomorrow with my team. So over the last month, I've had my team reading uh, a book by Patrick uh, Lencioni, Lencioni, L-E-N-C-I-O-N-I. It's called The Ideal Team Player. And uh, this, this author also wrote uh, the book, The Five Dysfunctions of a Team, which I read with, with, one, of, with one of my team members specifically last year because, because he was having some, some challenges really connecting to the strategy. And he was, he, was, he was really displaying some behavior that wasn't consistent with, with what we were trying to achieve. So we read the book together as we, we tried to you know, kind of change some of those behaviors. But The Ideal Team Player is kind of a follow-up book. And what it does it really has you think about whether or not you have three critical components within yourself and within each of your team member and team members and are they hungry um, are they humble and are they smart so the humble and the hungry part are you know are easy to kind of 
kind of qualify, right? The smart part, um, you would generally think it's about intelligence, or what, but no, it's, a, it's about being smart around people, mm. around building the right types of relationships and making sure that you're working every single day to serve others in your organization. And so when you're, when you're humble and you're hungry, you have that tenacity every single day and, you know, and that humbleness revolves around being able to stand corrected and just, you know, when, 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 when you hurt someone in whatever way that you, that you apologize and that you guys, you heal that wound so you can move forward as a team and then, and then just to be smart around people and just want to do the right things every single day to lift people up and not to tear them down. This, this, and so, so this, this book has been uh, a critical uh, kind of, kind of collaboration point for me and my team over the, over the past two months, primarily because we're, we're building a new strategy around this business. I've had to completely re, re-engineer the entire team. Um, and, and so, and so in order to do that, we, we have kind of gone through some phases. We've gone through, uh, what, what, what I would suggest would be kind of a forming period when we were forming the team. And, and then, and then we went through a, as you deploy strategy, you go through this, 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 this fall and you're in this storming period, right? this turmoil teams not jiving for one reason or another everybody still wants to kind of gravitate to working within their silos and not be collaborative and then which is you know once you kind of get through all those pain points and you start seeing some of the the meshing happen and then you kind of get to this phase of norming where you where things kind of normalize to a degree and that's when you kind of hit your trajectory into the performing stage and that's when you really reach and achieve your strategic objectives and your goals and that's when you're really kind of kind of kind of moving at everybody in one accord and so so this ideal team player book and the fact that we've kind of gone through the cycle have been critical for us developing as a team so I know that was a long answer to your question, but I, I thought I needed to add some context as to why this book has been uh, so important to, to me personally and to, to our team very recently. Hey, no, perfect, man. I think I think you hit it on the nose. You, you, you hit my other two follow-up questions, too. And it's funny how the, what you just described also, I, it applies to every relationship, man, especially marriage. As you were going through those stages, I was like, yep, that's marriage, too. You know, even <laughs> Yeah, buddy. I've been I've been married. Uh, it'll be seven years in October, and um, and you know and and, and really uh, applying a lot of the same theory into you know or, or the reverse of it is I apply a lot of my marriage theory into into my work, right? And so um, you know because building the right foundation and going through those phases and you know and knowing that you're going to have peaks and valleys throughout. But at the end of the day, you know, knowing someone's heart, knowing their intentions, making sure that everybody is 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 rowing in the same direction, you know, ultimately all all that all that that volatility kind of flattens out when when you look at it over over a period of time. And so it does. It applies in our marriages and it applies in, in our work environments. Yeah, no, de- definitely. And, and this this may be. I'm I'm just curious to get your thoughts on it because you're way more advanced on leadership than I am. But it's, you know, so uh, two thoughts go in my head when I meet somebody that's not motivated, right? Whether we're on a team together or I'm sitting with them talking about investing, you know, for their future, right? And, and, I, and I'll keep it specifically to whenever we're on the same team working together because the second way can take a whole different path. But somebody who's not motivated, they're not, um, you know, to work. And, and so my first thought is, 
you know, man, man, you're lazy, right? Then my second thought immediately is, hey, you know, I think, I think God made all of us with unique skill sets, passions, gifts, and a lot of people are just not operating in the way that they were wired to operate in out of either, you know, most of the time it's fear, you know, to not pursue where they know they should go. But what, what are your thoughts as far as how to get somebody, um, you know, to, to, to get motivated or have that hunger, right? And, 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 and are you thinking the same way about it? Is it that they're in the wrong seat or are just some people lazy? You know, um, I, I, think, I think you have to look at it. And, and again, it's on a case-by-case basis. So I mentioned earlier that one of my developmental areas is, is really being able to effectively partner with those that I feel aren't focused on, on the goal of the firm. And, and they aren't focused on creating value. And so that, you know, that generally kind of ties to those that are viewed in the organization as being less than hungry, right? And so, so those are the people in the organization that I have a tendency to grab, gravitate away from generally. Um, and so how do, you, how, do you, how do you work through that thing, right? So you, you engage those individuals um, even more so. Um, and you use it as, as an opportunity to, to, to explore and see what you can, number one, learn from them, right? And then you, you, you cultivate and build that trust. And then what ultimately happens is, you know, they, they, they trust you enough to help kind of, kind of help drive how they, how they, they connect with what makes them show up every day for work in a, in a, in a, in a good positive way. You know, you, 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 you find out, you know, um, uh, what things kind of make them tick and then you challenge them and you give them an accountability partner to kind of deliver on that every day. And so, so it's, it's not a, it's not a situation where you, you avoid them or you, you know, you don't work with them, you know, you engage them in a major way. And, and at the end of the day, you know, I think, I think ultimately that individual, uh, the organization and yourself are all you know, better off because you approach it that way um, versus just saying, oh, that, that individual's not committed to the, to the goal, they're, they're lazy, they are unfocused, and so therefore I'm not going to deal with them. Hmm. So, you know, and I'm not suggesting that that would work in every instance. I mean, there's just going to be instances where, you know, some people in, in organizations just are, are never going to be concerned about how they're perceived or concerned about the brand that they're building. Um, and so they're just going to show up every day. They're going to punch the clock. They're going to, they're going to be very rigid and very linear around what they're willing to do. And you're going to hear from them a whole lot more. Well, that's not my job. I'm not doing it. And so, and so, and so to your second point, that's when you have to assess whether or not they're a fit for your organization. And so when you're, when you're looking at all the people that you have on the bus and if they're going to the, if y'all all are going to the same destination, that's all good. But when you identify people that don't fit, you got to get them off the bus, you know, and you, and you can't be indecisive around understanding what you're trying to build and what makes sense and what's a fit and what is not a fit. And in leadership, that's one of the toughest things you have to do is to make the decision that, that we need to find somewhere else for you to go because you will be better suited there. And, and it's a tough conversation for leaders to have, and it's a tough conversation to be received by employees that, you know, that for one reason or another may not have, have realized that they were coming across that way. So, you know, that's one of, that's one of the biggest challenges in, in leadership is figuring out ways to connect and grow people or figuring out ways to 
get people to, to to move on down the road into their their best use because if if they're not if they're not living that out every day then 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 they're they're not going to help us maximize the things that we want to maximize internally so no, I got it no, it makes complete sense makes complete sense uh, unfortunately I, you probably did the dish profile um and you sound like we have a similar dish profile if if you've ever done it but i'm a I'm a very high d and which means I'm very, very, let's move fast and have zero patience, but I took out of the <laughs> slow down, you know, put invest in necessary effort and energy into it as painful emotionally as it might be. And, uh, and then you can diagnose the problem better and take, you know, that that's, that's been my experience is, is if you can, if you can just slow down and first of all, I, I pray a lot around, my business and around the things that I'm doing and, and around these relationships. I mean, I really do. I really just trust and depend on, on, on God to really kind of drive me around all this just because if I try to do it on my own, I'm going to get it wrong most times. Right. So, so that's the first thing that I'll do. Um, and, 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 and then that allows me to kind of take myself out of it. And so that zero tolerance, that, that, you know, that, that, that alpha personality doesn't really rear its head. It, it, you know, I'm, I'm, the spirit is working through me to try to connect with people at that point. And so, that's worked out really well for me. And, uh, you know, as I, as I mentioned to you, this has been one of the, the largest developmental years for me. And I think, I think that's because, you know, God's preparing to, to have me run larger pieces of this organization and, and, and have larger impact, you know, um, not only within my company, but in the city and, and nationally. And so, you know, so I've got to learn all these things, although it doesn't feel good all the time, or all, although sometimes it's, it's extremely frustrating. And sometimes, just like everybody else, I just want to, I just want to curl up in a ball and just not talk to anybody. Right. <laughs> but at the end of the day, you know, like like we've all been been kind of charged with uh, and, and, and given the these platforms to lead and to have a voice. And we, we have to we have to utilize them. And so and that and that's not always the easiest thing to do. But um, but, you know, but 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 I'm a big believer that, you know, if 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 uh, to, to, you know, to. To, to, to make sure that every single day that we're living for things that are greater than ourselves. And sometimes that is the most difficult thing to do. Absolutely. Absolutely. Let's, let's get to the last five questions I ask everybody, but here's the first one. This is my favorite one. If you can go back and talk to 22 year old Jesse, what, what kind of life or business advice would you give him? 22 um, year old Jesse was a father of a one year old um, I was scared and confused and, um, again, r really didn't know how this, how the next 20 years would play out. I, I, the advice I would give myself looking back would be to just, you know, to just chill out and just to, you know, to, to make sure that, um, that you stay connected to, to God and, and, and just, and just trust the growth process. Because I think oftentimes when I was younger, I was so, um, I was so quick to, um, to, to jump ship when I thought that things were difficult. 
I felt like that was my opportunity to move around. And so I think I, oftentimes we have a tendency to, to have to revisit life issues over and over again because, because we moved too quickly. We didn't learn the lesson that we needed to learn at 22 years old. And so therefore you're dealing with the same situation at 25. And then you're dealing with the same situation at 30. So, so the advice I would give would be to, to, to persevere through it, to take your lumps, to, to, to learn the things that you need to learn, because it, it's going to be better for you over the next 20 to 25 years of life. Uh, and, and that would apply both personally and, and professionally, because I've, I've, um, I've made some questionable decisions in, in, in both my professional career and in my, in my, in my, uh, in my personal life over, over the last 25 years. So. I don't know. That's real. Where, what are what are three companies that you like to spend money with? So these are companies that you give your money, you choose to spend money with these companies consistently. What are, what are three of those companies that you just really enjoy uh, giving your money to? I get really good investment ideas out of this question. Oh really? Okay, so 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 I like spending money at Nordstrom's. <laughs> now I'm not a I'm not a big 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 uh, shopper, but you know I'm I'm more of a hunter. So I go, I know what I need, I go and I buy it. And generally it's at Nordstrom's. Um, so that's 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 the place that I that I spend my money. Um, you know, my wife and I just completed you know uh, a, a, effectively a full renovation on our on our home. So uh, so spending money on uh, a premium experience around you know home renovations and 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 really uh paying up for quality is something that i that that that, that i would i would suggest so you know I, I don't have a specific company uh for that um you know to, to recommend but but again that's 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 what we, we spend a lot of money uh you know working with with these very you know uh, good contractors and different things like that and then um uh the the, the only other place that we, we you know we spent we spent a lot of money on uh on um uh, um uh internet and telephones and ipads and outdoor you know wireless i mean so at&t is something that we that i'm i'm invested in and and i, <laughs> I would suggest if you're not invested in uh in at&t you probably should be because everybody using it <laughs> You know, you know, cra crazy, crazy thing is I, uh, so the last three months of the last year when the market dropped, you know, I, I bought some, I bought some stocks for myself and my clients, but AT&T was one of the stocks uh, that I bought because it was sell, it was selling basically at a stupidly, ridiculously discounted price after they bought Tom Warner. And if, and if you follow what's going on in media, you know, everything that I knew would play out, play out as far as them saying, we're going to pull all of our content you know, from Warner Studios and all that. And, and I was like, so basically you can buy AT&T at a discount. If nothing happens with the media property they bought, we still collect the dividend at six something percent, right? And I was like, man, this is a no brainer. So, I mean, yeah, you're right. I bought, I bought AT&T and I still own it for myself and, 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 and right now. Absolutely. So, so, you know, so in addition to our, our full-time gigs, um, we, we, we are serial entrepreneurs. And so, um, you know, since we're talking about kind of investment thoughts, um, you know, we, 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 we really are focused on building our private investment portfolio. So, you know, that's one of the things that, that we're always encouraging investors to do. And that is to, 
think about ways that they can, you know, um, maybe do some private investment outside of the stock market, you know, outside of fixed income, uh, you know, I mean, really, you know, going in and, and learning what you can about an opportunity and in making an investment, you know, I'll give you some examples of some of the things that we've done over the over the past five years, you know, around surgery centers and diagnostic labs. And I did this cool thing with um, with a hard solder company about three years ago where I'd never imagined that I would be in the hard solder business. But, you know, the chief engineer from Starbucks, you know, Sold all of the stock, started the cider company. It just so happens to be one of my mentors, son-in-laws. And so he was giving me the financials in hopes that I would maybe be interested in financing the business. And so I became an equity partner in the business. And, you know, today our cider is being sold in Costco and Central Market and Whole Foods and HEB stores. And we've got, we've got tap rooms. We're manufacturing cider in, in Texas now. I mean, I mean, just, just think, think laterally about ways that you can kind of stretch yourself and do things that you would never have historically imagined that you would do with your investment dollars it just takes some you know those are those calculated risks that i take now that i probably wouldn't have wouldn't have taken years ago um but you know that's that's something that's been very big for us and that's that's where we're spending a lot of our of our time and and money looking at opportunities not only in the medical space but in other areas to to kind of diversify our investment portfolio i like i like it man that's that's dope offline we had to talk more about that um um next question is when whenever you do get free free time which i know is probably rare uh what do you like to watch uh on on tv or at the movies oh wow um so i'm a, i'm a big sports nut so generally from august really up until the nba finals in in uh in july um it's all it's all sports in our house i mean like from college football to you know, pro football to college basketball and now pro basketball. I mean, that's that. I mean, we're just, we're just, you know, we're just sports fans. Um, you know, I don't, I don't, I don't spend a whole lot of, a, a lot of money doing much for myself, but what I will spend money on are, you know, going to, um, to athletic events, you know, uh, I'll, tra- I'll travel to, you know, I've been to every SEC college football stadium. I have a desire to go to all the major ballparks. Um, I get a chance to travel and, and, and visit, NFL stadiums all over the country and you know uh, uh, in December I got a chance to surprise my my son on his 14th birthday and take him to a Lakers Clippers game in LA which was pretty cool you know like like those are the kind of experiences that I like to build around just the fact that sports is such a large part of our lives oh yeah no definitely I'm 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 the same way, although I'm not watching the playoffs anymore because the Rockets are out, so I'm done. <laughs> so, so you really are a Rockets fan, man. Yeah, right. yeah, uh, I, 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 literally, I literally had to get off Facebook after they lost because I have people. <laughs> people like- well, I'm a, I'm a diehard Mass fan, um, and, and so I was in Houston last weekend watching the game uh, with a whole bunch of Rockets fans, and, and um, let's just say I was – I was I was pretty pretty pleased um, about the the end result. I mean, y'all just not ready. I mean, it's just that simple, right? So uh, anyway, I'll leave I'll leave it at that. But uh, <laughs> y'all got y'all got y'all got y'all should have kept Mello. Should have kept Mello. Y'all, th- these are the times where you need a third score. Was good. Mello is a loser. Mello is a loser. Mello, you know I'm you know I and I like Mello in like you know as a person, but on the court he too lazy on defense, and you can't have young guys picking up on that bad energy, man. He he can score like. 
better than anybody. But I'm not. I'm not debating that. I'm not. I am not debating that. What I'm saying is that you know you need you need some consistent scoring in the playoffs. Playoff, the game changes. It slows down. You got to be a little more strategic. Every game is different. It's you, you. You need that third score, consistent third score. And um, and Eric Gordon is not that guy. He needs to come off the bench. He just needs to come off the bench. But uh, anyway. Uh, so <laughs> news. What do, what do you do to get your last? This is the fourth question. So last. Uh, fourth question is actually you already answered question number five, but the fourth question is um, where do you get your news? So, and this is more like, is it TV? Is it newspaper? Is it Google? Social media? Where, where do you stay updated on what's going on with the world? So, um, so I'm 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 entering my the end of my third year off of social media. So I, t- I, I, um, I took a year off a few years back and I realized that I didn't miss it. And so I took another year off and then I realized I didn't, I really didn't miss it. And so now I'm in my third year off of social media. So I don't get, I don't get my news generally via, via social media or, or um, you know, online news outlets. Um, I'm still kind of old school. I enjoy sitting down with a cup of coffee and reading the, the, the you know, the, the paper, the Wall Street Journal or the Dallas Morning News. Um, and so that's, that's my preferred method of, of, getting, of getting news or getting information. Um, I'll tell you, my wife is on the exact other end of the spectrum. She gets her news through, you know, through online media outlets, through social media, and she watches the news on TV. And so the last thing I want to do is start my day with bad news, listening to it on TV, and then end my day at the end of the night listening to bad news on TV. So, so, uh, so I, I try to, I try to pick and choose where I get my information and generally it's, it's from the news, from the newspaper. Um, but you know, I just, I just have to be very protective of what I allow my mind to process every single day if I'm going to be laser focused on getting to this next level. And sometimes there's just a whole lot of noise out there and I just don't need that. Oh, I get it. I get it. You, my last question was, what are three good books that, that, that you recommend? You already gave me two. What's, what's another one? Oh, um, oh, let me tell you about this, this book. So this book is called the, um, the richest man that ever lived. Um, I'm going to Google it really quickly just so I can make sure I get the author right. Um, so bear with me here just a second. Sorry. Very good. Um, so the the author of the book is um, oh man sorry no, no, you are good take, take, take <laughs> you can edit all this out okay so the richest man who ever lived um, the author's name is Stephen S T E V E N K Scott and this book blessed me about six or seven years ago. And so, so I've read this book every single year for seven years as I kind of rotated through other things that I use as kind of devotional material as I spend time with God every day. Um, but this book is, um, it's, it's called The Secrets to Success, Wealth, and Happiness. And, and really what it does, it, it just applies like King Solomon's philosophy around knowledge and wisdom and, and really had you walk out and live out like the book of Proverbs, like every day of your life. And, you know, and it really kind of in its most simplistic form, you know, 
just simply has you doing stuff that you should probably already be doing, but this book just allows you to be more mindful about it. And what it, what it commits to you is, you know, if you, if you read the book, it almost guarantees you that you're going to see uh, uh, some positive changes in your careers, in your finances, in your just your general joy. And so I tried it out. It was a, it was recommended to me by um, my wife's uncle, and and so I read the book and. You know, I, I drank the Kool-Aid. I bought in. Then I read the book again, and then I read the book again, and then and so 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 I've applied these these philosophies to my life over over the last seven years. And and I'll tell you, man. And I'm not talking about what I heard. I'm talking about what I know. Man, God has worked in my life in all of these ways, in in just just tremendous tremendous uh, consistency. And has has just delivered for me over and over again. So I would recommend this book. This book is near and dear to me. And so anybody that that reads it, you know, um, I, I would suggest that you know that they continue to keep it close to them and and refer back to it regularly. Hey, you got. I'm, I'm gonna read it again. I, I I listened to it. I think three four years ago, and it was good. And I I, I took the practice of reading proverbs once a day. You know, I I don't do it as much anymore, but I'll randomly do it most of the times throughout the year. Um, but yeah, it was a good book. Yeah, I, I mean, I, re, I really enjoy it, and you know, and and so I mean, what what I try to do every year is to to, to get through ten to twelve books. I haven't I haven't I haven't done as well this year just because you know um, normally I start my work day between four and five a.m. and it's it's you know I know I need to get some better balance at this point, um, and so that's that's really been my prayer this year just to kind of find some margin and some balance, and so um, so yeah, but but hopefully. This summer, I'll be able to kind of get away and 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 start and start kind of plowing through some some new books this year. Well, definitely. Well, hey, I um I appreciate your time. I appreciate you you sharing, man. I know I know time is money, so it's 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 always appreciated when everybody's when anybody uh takes some time out to share with the with the audience. Well, hey, I appreciate you in, inviting me on. Um, you know. Uh, again, you know, thank you for your leadership. Thank you for all that you're doing. Thank you for, you know, uh, you know, you using your platform in the right ways. And, um, and, you know, yo. Yo. The information presented is for educational purposes and is not to be considered for financial advice.